Good morning, everyone. Shalom Aleichem. Agunar of Shabbos. We have some uh, very exciting ideas to, to share this morning on Parshas Pinchas. I'm very excited to share with you some original ideas. The first idea is Rashi, Amparik Chavav, Pasuk Lamed Vav. Rashi counts the total number of families that are counted in this week's parsha, And Rashi says, there are 57 families mentioned in this family, in this parsha. Levi had eight families. And there are five that are, so to speak, uh, missing, less than the nations of the world. But there are a total of 57 families. So it struck me that the number 57 is certainly of significance. We've once uh, explained at length the significance of the number 57. Just a few examples. The three Shemana Esrei's a day, there's 57 brachas. Even the Beis Yosef writes, in one bracha of Shemana Esrei, you have, uh, say the Shemana Esrei is 19, you hear it from the Chazan is another 19, you answer Amen, that's like another 19, so each Shemana Esrei alone is 57. You know, in Mizmar Ladavid Hashem Roi Layachsar, there are 57 words. There's an idea that in the merit of the 57 blessings we make, Hashem gives us zan, food. Or oichel, oichel is also 57. But here, who does Hashem give the food to? The 57 families of the Jewish people. Okay. Perkhavav Pasek Lamedches. It's talking about the descendants of Binyamin. Levela mishpachas habali, leashbel mishpachas hoashbeli, laachiram mishpachas hoachirami. So Rashi says, who's Achiram? He's Achi. He went down to Mitzrayim, and he's called by the name of Yosef, because basically, when Binyamin lost his brother Yosef, or so he thought, he named his brother. Uh, Achi. So my question is, if you look in Parshas Miketz, his name was not Achiram. His name was Achi. You know, Rashi here says, who's Achiram? Binyamin's son, he's named after Yosef. Yosef was Achiv, his brother, Viram, and he was greater. He was his brother, and he was greater than him. So, Question is, if you look in Parshas Miketz, that's not his name. His name is Achi. His name was Achi. So when, how did his name now become Ram? How did his name all of a sudden become Ram now? You know, why in Miketz was it Achi? And now, and now it's Achi Ram. Maybe we could say as follows. You know, in Miketz, the, as far as Binyamin thought, Binyamin thought Yosef was not alive. So therefore he named his son after his brother, Achi, my brother. But then when he met Yosef, and in fact Yosef's still alive, it wouldn't have been nice to call his son my brother as if his brother is not alive because his brother is alive. So he had to add on 
the word rum to achi, so he became achi rum. Maybe that's the reason for the name change. In other words, achi rum is achi. It's just achi was only appropriate so long as Binyamin thought that Yosef was not alive. But when Binyamin learned that Yosef is still alive, he added rum. Another thing is, in the next Pasuk, we encounter another son of Binyamin. His name is Shifufam. Says Rashi, who's Shifufam? Mupim. Why was he called Shifufam? Because Yosef was washed away and lost among the nations of the world. So again, I have a question. Why Amikates is he called Mupim, and now he's called Shifufam? I mean, back in the day, Yosef was also washed away. Why was his name originally Mupim, and now his name is Shifufam? So maybe we could offer the following explanation. Rashi in Miketz explains why was this this uh, son named Mupim? Binyamin named him after his brother Yosef, Mupim, because Yosef learned, learned Mipi Aviv from the mouth of his father. Mupim, Mipi Aviv. But I believe that Binyamin had to change his name. Because when they came down to Mitzrayim, Rashi tells us, that Yosef never went into seclusion with Yaakov so that the brothers should not suspect that Yosef revealed to him what happened. Which then meant that Yaakov did not learn with Yosef anymore. Whatever he learned with him must have been beforehand. So maybe it would not have been proper for Binyamin to keep on referring to his son as, oh, remember Yosef he used to learn with my father? That's okay if Yosef's not alive. But if Yosef's alive, and Yosef's Badafka not going to his father, maybe it was not wise to call attention to the fact that Yosef used to learn with Yaakov Avin because he's not doing that and he couldn't do that anymore. So um, Binyamin had to make a little bit of an adjustment to the name perhaps. Okay. Next Ta'ara. Perk Chavzayin Pasuk Gimel. Perk Chavzayin Pasuk Gimel. The Pasuk says, Avinu meis pamidbar vehulai haya besoichoida hanoyadim ala lenei badas koirach kivicheta imeis uvanim lai hayulai. The Pasuk says, Our father died. This is the B'nai Slavchat talking. And don't worry about our father. He wasn't among the congregation of Koirach. He died in his own sin. And he never had sons. So the Lashon of the Pasuk is that the Benoist Slavchar are telling Moshe he was not part of the guys who started up with you with the story of Kairach. But if you look in Rashi, Rashi says they told Moshe, Loi ba'adas Kairach shehitzu He wasn't part of the Adas Kairach. Loi b'chet mesloininim He wasn't part of those who complained. Ela b'chetoi levadoi meis He was involved in his own sin. And he didn't cause anyone else to sin with him. So I have a simple question on Rashi. Why is Rashi reading in more than the Pasuk says? The Pasuk just says, he wasn't part of the Adas Kairach. Why is Rashi adding, and he wasn't from the Misloininim, and he didn't cause other people to sin? Where does Rashi get that from? The Pasuk just says, they said, he wasn't from the Adas Kairach. Why is Rashi adding, so whenever you read a Rashi, you always have to know that Rashi's operating principle is, He 
he's coming to address the simple reading of the Pasuk. They said, our father died in the desert. And he wasn't among the Ada of Kairach. He died in his, with his own sin. Once they said that he wasn't from the Ada of Kairach, obviously he died in his own sin. He didn't die in the sin of Kairach. Why do they have to add, he died in his own sin? So, I would say like this. When the Pasuk says, why do they have to say he died? Why does it have to say he died in his own sin? That implies not only wasn't it the sin of Kairach, it also wasn't the sin of the Messianim. The added words, after they say he, he wasn't a member of the congregation of Kairach, if, if, they add, if the Pasuk adds, he died in his own sin, that means this was not a national sin. So th- therefore Rashi has to add, which national sin did he not participate in? The Misloinanim. Also, the words, his sin, imply, and he didn't cause anybody else. So Rashi's not adding to the Pasuk, Rashi's uncovering words of the Pasuk that you might not have noticed. You may only have noticed he wasn't part of the Adas Kairach, but what is it adding? He died in his own sin. Which sin is that uh, excluding? That That's excluding the Mesloinanim. And he didn't cause anyone else to sin. Okay. Next idea. You know, we always read Parshas Pinchas in the three weeks. And aside from the obvious reasons, the Bnei Yisachar says that it talks about the distribution of Eretz Yisrael and the Shvile Pinchas offers an amazing insight that Pinchas is Eliyahu and he's promised that he will herald the redemption and the end of days. So that's why it's an appropriate parsha for this time of the year. But reading the parsha, it struck me, I think there's another very important insight. Rashi emphasizes that what's the juxtaposition of the distribution of Eretz Yisrael? And the Pasuk says very interestingly that among those who were counted, they did not enter, there was no man who entered Eretz Yisrael. To which Rashi says, there was no man who entered Eretz Yisrael, but the women entered. So Rashi's, uh, Rashi's, uh, bothered. Okay, what's the significance that the men entered and the women did not enter? Rashi says, "Well, the women were mechabevoisesa aretz. The women, the women loved Eretz Yisrael. The men said, come on, let's make a leader and go back to Egypt.' The women said, give us a portion.' So Rashi says the reason why we juxtapose the Bnei Slavchat to here is just like the Bnei Slavchat loved Eretz Yisrael." The Jewish women loved Eretz Yisrael. And then Rashi, uh, two psukim later, is bothered. It says, Ben Gilad, Ben Machir, Ben Menashe, Lemishpachos, Menashe Ben Yosef. Why does it have to say Ben Menashe twice and then say Ben Yosef? says Rashi, to teach you, Yosef was Mechabe Vesha'aretz, and therefore his daughters, the Bnei Yisrael, loved Eretz Yisrael. What's that doing here? Why do we read this in uh, the beginning of the, th- the three weeks? So the answer is uh, rather clear. We know the reason why we're in this mess is because of the Ched HaMaraglim. The sin of the Maraglim was they cried that they weren't interested in the land of Israel. 
So we like to think they cried, but we would never do such a thing. We would never cry about Eretz Yisrael. Says in the Sivas Hamishpat, if we're not in Eretz Yisrael today, that means we are guilty of the same crime of the Meraglim. That means we're still crying, God, we don't want to be in Eretz Yisrael. We'd rather be in America. And that's why we're still in Gullahs. That's why the Nasiva says it means, She cried bitterly at night. That refers to the Meraglim. And her tear is still on her cheek. Meaning, we're still crying. Said, God, there's much better stuff in America. So, let's stay here. So, we're still guilty of the same crime of the Meraglim. So, the tikkun for that is Parshas Pinchas. Parshas Pinchas, we read about over and over again. Rashi says, Lefi shehein mechavavois es ha'aretz. Or Rashi says, Yosef chivei By the way, Rashi says, how does Yosef love Eretz Yisrael? Because he said, Even being buried in Eretz Yisrael, even that shows a certain level of chivas ha'aretz. So that's the connection between Pinchas and the three weeks. Now, Question. On the words Cain Benois Slavcha Doivois, Rashi says, they spoke correctly. That's what it says in the Torah and Shamayim. From here we see their eye saw what the eye of Moshe Rabbeinu didn't see. How's that possible? They saw what's going on in Shamayim. You're telling me the Benoist Slavchad? They knew they would get a share because they saw what it said in the Sevatar in Shamayim? Moshe Rabbeinu didn't see that? And they saw that? We read the Parsha, oh, they just wanted land. So they said, give me. Why? Because they wanted it. That's it. Like a kid says, give me. He doesn't understand why. No, Rashi, that's not what happened. They saw in the Sefer Torah that they're allowed to get a piece of land. So why did Moshe see and by the way, which Sefer Torah is that? There's a different Sefer Torah in Shamayim? By the way, so that's uh, a Yusoid that the Chidah talks about, that there is a different Sefer Torah in Shamayim. Uh, on the uh, words, the Hayamim, you may be Kurei Anavim, the Rav Shashanashapoli says, the letters before Anavim are Samach Mem Aleph Lamed. And all the Achroinim ask, what do you mean? Well, there's a Yud in Anavim. So there's a test, so it disrupts the whole Remez. So the, chiz, the Bnei Yisachar brings from the Chidah. No, no, no. We're not talking about the Sefer Torah you have in Shul. We're talking about the Sefer Torah in Shamayim. In Shamayim, there's no Yud. Down here, there's a Yud. But the Ramazim go by the Torah upstairs, not downstairs. But there's another uh, dimension as well. The Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah that on Rosh Hashanah, three books are open. What are the three books? Sifran Shal Tzadikim, Sifran Shal Benanim, Sifran Shal Rosham. So Yosef Engel says, what? There are actually books in Shamayim, and in, in the good book, God writes the Tzadikim, in the bad book, he writes the Rosham, in the regular book, the in-between book, he writes the Benanim. Says Rabbi Yosef, there are no books in heaven. There's one book. On your neshama is written the entire Sefer Torah. In Tzadikim, it's written... On Rishayim, it's erased. And Bainanim, it's like smudged. 
I believe what Rashi means that the Benoist Slavchad saw the Sefer, the Sefer, had they see it, they were in touch with what was written on their Neshama. And therefore they had an intuition based on that, that it was, uh, this was land they were entitled to. Ah, trivia question. Is Taiva good or is Taiva bad? No? What do you say? Is Taiva good or Taiva bad? bad. Are you supposed to have taiva? You're mechuyiv to have taiva. You're obligated to have taiva. How do we know that? So the fairish pasuk in the Chumash. Rashi says, Hashem told Moshe, You're going to die like Aaron. says, Rashi, Moshe, doesn't say Moshe wanted it. He desired it. So you have to have desire. thing is, you have to desire the right things. You have to desire Ruchnias. Yes, yeah, so we had in last week's Parsha, in Parsha's Chukas, um, Rashi said that Moshe took, took Aaron and he donned him and then he undressed him and he said, close your mouth, close your eyes. And then uh, at that moment, Moshe was Nisave Lemisase Shal Aaron. Now we asked last time, how do we know that Moshe was Nisave to it? Because Hashem said, you're going to die like Aaron? Maybe he wasn't Nisave for it, but Hashem wanted to give it to him. So what's the proof that Moshe was Nisave? How do you see anything that Moshe was Nisave? But in any way, you do see one thing that you need to desire Ruchnias. A person can say, well, uh, you know, it would be nice if uh, I was a Talmud Chacham. You know, it would be nice if I had some Ruchnias. Nah, you're not getting anywhere that way. You have to be Nisaveh to Ruchnias. Mi lanu gadu mi Moshe Rabbeinu she Nisaveh l'misasoy shalarayin. Okay. Next. Perek Chavzayin Pasuk Yates. Rashi says, Command Yehoshua. Rashi says, Command him. Tell them as follows. They're a pain in the neck. They're stubborn. And uh, tolerate them. That's Rashi. Rashi says, Tell, Command Yehoshua and let them know that the Jews are a pain in the neck. They're sarvanim. They're tarchanim. I don't understand. Whether that's true or not, where does Rashi get that from? How do you see in the Pasuk that Elazar was supposed to tell, that Moshe Rabbein was supposed to tell uh, Yehoshua, the Jews are a rough bunch? Where does it say that? You see anywhere in the Pasuk where it says that Moshe was supposed to give this uh, lovely report about the Jewish people? Rabbi Isa, you have to read the words. It says, Vitzivisa, you command. Command means to put a yoke on him. So Rashi's bothered. What is the oil that Moshe is putting on the yoke of Yo- uh, on the neck of Yeshua? The answer is what he needs to be mekabel is them. He has to be mekabel them because they're going to be difficult. Okay. Parak Chavzayim Pasuk 
What's the extra hey? It, it could have a hey. Yeah. Is the oil in the keva? I don't know. Yeah, it's a good point that there's a hay. Um, by the way, it makes up for the fact that the Gemara points this out, that by the Menoy Slavchad, the Pasuk says, Nasoin titain lahem they became men. So I believe Chazal say, you know, they asserted themselves over there. So, you know, it's Lahem. But uh, you got to make up for it. So it became the TV so here. Okay, here's a good one. This is Gavaldik. Perik Chavches, Pasuk Beis. Chavches Beis. Says Rashi, what's Hashem telling Moshe? Moshe, understand. You're about to die. You're telling me what to do. Ah, a poor you've got a You're telling me what to do. If you're gonna die, I'll tell you what to do. You tell them to bring carbonice. So here's my very simple question. That means Moshe's telling God, I'm about to die. Make a leader. Hashem says, you're telling me what? I'll tell you what they need to do. So why was it that the last, that what the last thing Hashem wants Moshe Rabbeinu to tell Klal Yisrael is to bring Karbanais? Isn't that interesting? That Hashem says, you don't tell me what to do. I'll tell you what to do. Tell them to bring Karbanais. Hashem tells Moshe, appoint a new, le- Moshe tells Hashem, appoint a leader. Hashem says, you're telling me what, I'll, I'll let you know what they need to do. What's the Pshad over here? Pshad is very Pashat. People always make a mistake that they need their, their Gadol, their Rebbe, their Rebbe to come close to Hashem. So Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, God, I'm about to go. We need, a, we need another go-between. Hashem said, no, no. Yeah. You think, you're the main glue between them and me? It's their avoida. We know the word carbon is a lashon of korva. A carbon is makarev, klal yisrael, ta'kadosh baruch Don't make the mistake, of course they need a leader. They can't be katsun she'en lahem roya. You're telling me what they need to come close to me? I'll let you know what they need. It's their avoida. It's not you, Moshe. It's not you, the leader. It's their avoida. Okay, this is Oyam Anaira. You ready for this? Seir Yizim Echad Lechatas. Hashem says, What do you bring the Seir Yizim for? I need, I need Kapara. I was Mamait the Levana. I have a very simple question for you. It's year 40 now. It's all of a sudden now Hashem needs a Kapara for being Mamait the Levana 3300 years ago. I said, For the last 3300 years, 
God was okay every Rosh Chodesh, all of a sudden in year 40, when Moshe Rabbeinu is about to go, all of a sudden we have to bring a carbon, uh, we have to bring, Hashem has to bring a carbon to be mechaper uh, on the Mir HaLavana. What, what, what's that all about? Why does all of a sudden Hashem uh, need a kapara? The answer is, because immediately before this, Moshe Rabbeinu says we need a leader. Hashem said, no problem, go, go to Yeshua, and he's Isha Shuruach boy, and put your hands on him, and Moshe gave him Mehoidai. Ah, he gave him Mehoidai. Veloi kal haidai. Says Rashi, Malamed shepnei Moshe kepnei Chama, pnei Yeshua kepnei Levana. Okay, great. Maybe they're equal. No, the problem is, now that Hashem was, until now that Hashem was in the Levana, it wasn't a big deal. There are no repercussions. But now that Hashem was in the Levana, then Yehoshua, who's like the Levana, he ain't going to be adequate. So it's now that Yeshua was appointed and he's only Kilavana. So now Taka Hashem needs a Kapara. Because the, the new leader who's only Kilavana is not going to be on the Madriga Moshe Rabbeinu. If Hashem hadn't been Mamait the Levana, it would have been like another Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay. Now this is the best offering. Of course it's also, but they've been bringing Oles Rosh Chodesh for the last 40 years. And it also doesn't ban for the fact that this series in that Lord comes us by all the Kabbalists. It's not only a That I didn't ask that question. <laughs> okay. There's a custom, whether you like it or not, by the Kabbalists of Pesach, the... Uh, the Balkari gives a soft landing. Tasu es And then everybody chimes in. And then you have all kinds of uh, different customs of gurgling the Ka'ela. But whether you like it or not, Jewish custom is that that is like a crescendo of unison where everyone is chiming in Ka'ela. As if the mantra call of the Jewish people is Ka'ela. Every, the rest of the laning, you, know, you ask somebody what parsha are you, and he doesn't know if you're reading the chumash or you're reading, you know, Likute Maran. All of a sudden comes Shabbos, uh, comes Chalamay Pesach Ka'ela. What exactly are we so enamored with with Ka'ela? You have to look at Rashi. What does the word Ka'ela mean? By the Karbanos of, of Sukkis, you're going down, down, down. You're Poiches Vahilech. Ka'ela. But on Pesach, what you did on the first day is what you do on the second day, is what you do on the third day. Don't you dare go down. This is not Poiches Vahilech. You gotta keep your consistency. You gotta do the same thing every day. You can't wane. You can't diminish. That's the most important Yesoid in the Torah. Everybody knows there is a Machloikis. What's the most important Pasuk in Chumash? Is it Shema Yisrael? Is it Anoichi Hashem Lekecha? No! Es HaKeves HaChod Tasa Baboiker Ve'es HaKeves HaSheni Tasa Ben Harabayim Consistency! Which word in the Torah proclaims that you got to be consistent in your Avodas Hashem? Ko'ei! Like this, you got to do tomorrow! Don't you dare go down! If there's one word in the Chumash that everyone has to scream out is 
Don't go backward. You can't go down in life. You have to be moist of Okay. Two more. Did you know that this week's parsha is the only time we read about Shemini Atzeres? Not in Re'eh. There are many reasons for it. What occurred to me this week is we know that the Sholish Regalim, Pesach is Neged Avraham, Sukkot is Keneged Yaakov, Shavuos is Keneged Yitzchak, and Shemir is Keneged David. So you could say the beginning of the Parsha. Talks about Pinchas was Eliyahu, and Eliyahu is going to be Mavaster the Geula before Ben David comes. So look how the Parsha is so beautifully uh, complete. It begins with the Besura of Eliyahu, and it ends with the coming of Mashiach Ben David. Another reason why we read Parsha's Pinchas in the three weeks, because it, can, it starts with the Besura of Eliyahu, and it concludes with the Yom of David HaMelech. And we could say one more thing. We know that by the time of the Chorben, Hashem said, Bye-bye. Bye, guys. See you later. Maybe in 2,000 years. I'm out of here. I'm out, i got to leave now. Here's a big hug. Here's a big kiss. See you later. So Hashem is parting from the Jewish people. So therefore, in the beginning of the three weeks, we have to read about Shemini Atzeres. Why? The Yibam wants to let us know, Kasha Alai Predaschem. Even though I'm separating from you, we know Shemini Atzeres is a day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, give me one more day with you. It's very difficult for me to part from you. So this is another important reason why we read Parshas Pinchas in the three weeks. Okay, Rabbi Isai, that's what I got for you on Pinchas. And now we have the imponderables.